Welcome to the Glorious Grace Network podcast. Glorious, very excited to welcome you today. My name is Edward Hart. I am your host. And just so you know that every time you support this podcast by giving through our dedicated page, you will actually be supporting humanitarian work across the world. Check out our website for details. We need to understand how we receive those things. So I want to talk to you this morning about expectation. Our expectation determines what we receive. If you expect a little bit, you will receive a little bit. Example. Yesterday I had some new students to teach English to. Okay, let's go. Big feet, small shoes. <laughs> um, and I, I said to the students, why are you here to learn English this morning? And they all had the same answer. Mum make me come. Dad make me come. I don't have a choice. It was a very honest answer. But the one thing I've learned about teaching is this. You can be the best teacher in the world. But if the student not interested, they will learn nothing. People learn not be, only because the teacher is good, but because they are interested in what is being said. So yesterday I had to spend two hours building their expectation. And I said to the beginning of the lesson. By the end of this lesson, if you do not enjoy it, if you do not want to be here, then do not come again. Because you waste my time and you waste your parents' money. <laughs> so we, I spent time having to encourage them and get them to relax. And by the time they left, they, they, they were like, oh, we enjoyed this, this is good. This is not like being at school. They brought their notebook, they brought their pen to be very serious students. But we played games and we talked and we listened to videos and we had a good time. The students Desire is more important than the teacher's ability. When I was at school, I had some very bad teachers. Yeah, I had very bad teachers. But because I liked the subject, I learned a lot. Expectation. Your expectation determines what you receive. So this morning, I want to encourage you to expect things from God. See, we, the biggest problem we have is believing that God is good. And we cannot exaggerate how good he is. Because God is bigger than my imagination. And no matter how good I think God is, God is bigger. Amen? You believe that this morning? God bigger than your thinking? Yeah, I hope so. 
Otherwise, he's a very small God. I don't serve a little God. I serve a big God. Who's a good father. Amen? He's a good, good father. And he is more good than I think he is. Amen? Everything for your life. Comes from goodness. God's goodness to you. If you do not believe God is good, you will not ask. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back. I try and get to the end before I preach the beginning. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 3. ในหนึ่งซามูเอลบทที่สามข้อหนึ่งเยสซัมบอดี้เอ็นนี่บอดี้เอ็นนี่บอดี้อ่ะซัมบอดี้คุณรีดโอเคเซ็นเตอร์
so I would not. Notice it says the boy Samuel. Not the old man Samuel. God wants to speak through the young children. My boy prophesied last year. He had a vision from God and he prophesied. There's a video on YouTube on um, Facebook somewhere. There's a video on Facebook of him. And it was the most incredible prophecy I've ever heard. See, the gifts are for everybody. The gifts are for everybody. So if no matter how young you are, or how how, how old you are, <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit are for you. It says the word of the law was rare in those days and there were not many visions. And I believe that's where we are right now as a church. We need a revival. We need a revival. We need a revival. Proverbs. Proverbs. Twenty-nine. 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 Vision? Yeah. It says vision. Yeah, yeah. Okay, when it says vision, when it says vision, in the Hebrew, it means prophetic vision. If you do not have a prophetic vision for your life, you will wander around and you will not know what God has for you. See, for the past 20 years, a prophetic vision has guided my life. And it's summarized in two words. Build and encourage. And that vision has guided everything I've done. It took me all around the world. It took me all around the world. With no money. You don't need money to do what God says. Because He can give you the money. I know sometimes Thai people think white people have a lot of money. Just go and look at my car outside, you will see I don't have a lot of money. The seats are broken. It's leaking water right now. So don't think that I've done traveled around the world because I have money. I've traveled around the world because God set. Because God provided. 
You don't need money. You need Jesus. When you've got Jesus, He has all of the money. Amen. So if I have Jesus, if I have a vision, He will provide to complete the vision. The problem is this. Thai people are focused too much on money. I understand why. I understand that bit. But it's the wrong way round. What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom. And everything you need, He will give to you. The promise is not seek the money and you will get the kingdom. The promise, the, the guarantee, seek the kingdom. And I will look after you. The problem is this. We're trying to look after ourselves. Wives, I have some advice for you. Something I said to my wife before we got married. I am not your provider. <laughs> and all the men said amen. <laughs> I am not. Because God is her provider. Because if she is looking to me, she is limited to my wallet, my bank account. If wives, you look to your husbands as your resource, you are limited to what they have. But if together you look to Jesus, He has all of the resources. He has all of the provision. Amen. Amen. But this is different. You know, religion says, Husbands, you are the provider. And I say, No. He is our provider. Because it's about him, not me. Most of the problems you see in marriage are about money. 80%, I would say, is about money. And not having enough. But if we will look to God as our provider, no longer am I fighting you. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I'm like God. Our focus is on heaven instead of earth. You need a vision for your life. And I don't mean a vision for your business, and I don't mean a vision for your marriage. I mean a vision that's bigger than you. What is your vision? And if you have no vision, you will just live an unfulfilled life. And you know your vision. And you'll still be lazy. You are still being lazy. I see it in you. You know what God has told you to do. You know God, you know the vision for your life. And you need to just like, come on. But you're waiting for something, and I don't know what. 
Sorry, I went into profit mode then. <laughs> But sometimes we need to wake up. Because if we are just following money, we are the same as unbeliever. We are same as Buddhist and Islam people. If the world chases money, we need to be chasing Jesus. And maybe you need to repent this morning. And say, God, I am sorry. I am going to seek first the kingdom. I have not had an expectation of you, but now I'm going to have an expectation of your goodness. And if this morning, right now, you are feeling not good in your heart. Good. Because it's time to change. And rise up. With an expectation. That God is your provider. And he has a vision for your life. And if you build God's kingdom, he will build your life. See, when I build my life, I am limited to my resources. But when God builds my life, it will stand forever. If I build my life, it may last five years, ten years, but eventually I will fail and fall. And I've done that. I failed and fell, and I lost everything. Eight years ago, I lost my home, I lost my church, I lost my ministry, I lost my family, I lost my friends. And I said, God, I'm not doing this again. I don't want to lose everything again. So show me how to build. Your kingdom. And that's what over the next few weeks I'm going to be sharing with you. But we need the supernatural power of God. We need something different to what we have, a supernatural paradigm. There you go, thank you, Black. <laughs> another, another scripture. Hebrew. Chapter 2. Verse 3 to 5. I read this last time I preached. And it's talking about the salvation that we have in God. And it says, This salvation which was first announced by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. The gifts of the Spirit, miracles and healing are not extra. They are the center, they are the essential. You know when you go to buy a new car. You know, and they they don't say to you, would you like the wheels? Why? 
Because we need the wheels. They don't say, would you like the doors? Because we need the doors. The doors keep us safe. Amen. We think the gifts of the Spirit are the extras on the car. We think the gifts of the Spirit are like the air conditioning. And we can live without air conditioning. But the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, are not the air conditioning. They are wheels. <laughs> you would not drive your car without the wheels. But most of us are going through our Christian life with no experience, with no encounter of Holy Spirit. I can tell you the first time I encountered the Holy Spirit. I was eight years old. I was in my bedroom. And I heard my mom talking tongues. I said, can I do that? She said, sure. She prayed for me. I know the day I encountered the Holy Spirit. If you're thinking, when did I encounter the Holy Spirit? Maybe you haven't. Or maybe it's been so long you forgot. But the Bible says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. My time is long. Every day, every week, every month, we need to be encountering God. Because the confirmation of our salvation, according to Hebrews chapter 2, is whether you're moving in the power of God or not. I thought it was because I was a good person that proves I'm a Christian. <laughs> we need the gifts. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. This morning I'm trying to build expectation in your heart. Matthew, Mark, 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 that the Lord worked with them. Not independently of them. God did not work independent of them. God worked with them. God wants to work with you. Many of us are waiting for God to drop on our life and do something. But God is wanting to work with you. And that takes faith. Expectation. Because God wants to confirm His message his vision in your life. I know that my vision is true 
Because everywhere I go, I see God confirm it with signs and wonders and miracles. My main purpose on this earth is to teach people to hear God for themselves. And I know that's true. Because every time I teach it, and people receive it with faith, I can hear God, this is amazing, wow. Two weeks ago at a prophetic seminar, me and my friend did. A Buddhist man heard God prophesied to somebody and got saved and became a Christian all in one go all in one time not exciting someone becoming a Christian I'm going to say that again because you should have got way more excited than that. A Buddhist man. Kaujai Buddhist. Okay, thank you. Praise God, somebody's awake. Not a Christian. Listen to what I teach. Heard Jesus. Prophesied. And got saved. And nobody had to lead him in a prayer. Nobody preached the gospel to him. He just experienced the power of God for himself. People are not getting saved because we've got no power. If we had power, this room would be too small. Because the people would be killing up to receive a miracle, to receive a healing. When you look at the Bible, when the gospel is preached, with signs and wonders and miracles, people get saved, people get changed. That's why there's only 30 people in this room. We have no power. We have no power. And we need God to come and refresh and restore and revive. Am I saying it's been bad this first 10 years for Hallelujah Church? As I'm, am I saying it's been bad this first 10 years? No. But I am saying it's not enough. I'm not a pastor. I'm not here to make you feel good this morning. I'm here to shake you. And say, rise up. Have an expectation that you can hear God. And you can prophesy and you can heal and you can do all the things that Jesus did. In fact, if you did prophecy, miracles, healing, did all of the gifts of the Spirit. That is not the limit. That's the foundation. Because Jesus said, you will do greater things than me. I want to do the greater works of Jesus. Lazarus was dead three days. And Jesus raised him from the dead. And Jesus said, you will do greater things. I can't think of anything greater than somebody being dead three days and then coming to life again. 
But I know there must be. Because Jesus said, I will do greater things than him. But first, we've got to do the works of Jesus. First, we've got to do the works of Jesus. When we do the works of Jesus, then we will do the greater works. When prophecy is normal and healing is normal and salvation is normal, then I believe we will step into the greater works of Jesus. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And after that, Jesus appeared to 500 of his brothers and sisters at the same time. Jesus appeared to 500 people. All at the same time. How many people were on the day of Pentecost? I know you know the answer to the question because the question is easy. Come on. You just need to shout it. How many people were on the day of Pentecost? In the upper room that received the Holy Spirit. How many people received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? There was 120 people that received the power of God. But Jesus showed himself to 500 people. Where did the other 380 people go? Jesus appears to 500. On the day of Pentecost. Fifty days later. There was only 120 people. Where did those other 380 people go? They got bored. They went home. They gave up on the promise. They gave up on the promise. They went back to being fishermen and wives and tax collectors and they lived a normal life. And they received not the Holy Spirit. Jesus invited 500 people. Wait in Jerusalem. To receive the Holy Spirit. So day one, 500 people. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. Everybody's excited. Day two, 50 people less. Day three, another 20 people less. And each day, people are lost and leaving and give up and just, okay, uh, this thing mustn't be true. So there was only 120 left. That were there when the promise came. I think they were probably the first of the 3,000 when they heard the news that was coming. <laughs> Might have been right. That could be for the phalanx on the recording. <laughs> okay. James chapter 4. 
We're going to finish in seven minutes. Everyone says amen. 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 Okay. Verse two. You desire, but you have not, so you kill. You covet. James four. Verse two. Um, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Here is the, the next part, is the key part. You do not have because you do not ask. You have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask with bad motive. Why don't you have? Because you don't ask. Because we've been taught not to expect. Just live a good life and be happy. Jesus didn't die for you to have a good life. He died so you could bring the kingdom to those you are in relationship with. Your job, your relationships, your position in school is to enable you to bring the kingdom to those that do not know Jesus yet. Amen. If I made you feel too bad this morning, if I beat you too hard this morning. Are you okay? <laughs> we have not. Because we ask not. And when we do ask, we ask for ourselves. We ask for me. Oh God bless me. No, God's already blessed you. Ephesians 1, 3, you are blessed. You are blessed. So the mission is to release the blessing to those that you know. Do you know you're blessed this morning? Maybe 20% believe you're blessed this morning. I know this, 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 this is breakthrough this morning. Because I, I want this church to break out. So God sent you a crazy phalanx to help that happen. So I am not going anywhere. This is my family. This is I'm with my stake in the ground. I am gonna fight with you till I see God break out in your life. Until you make me look, until you do. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I know what I want to say, but I could say it in tongues so easy. <laughs> but you wouldn't understand. Last scripture. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 1. We're on the home stretch. We're on the final bit. Earnestly pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. 
จงมุ่งแสวงหาความรักและขวัญไฝของประธานสาธารณญาณโดยเฉพาะอย่างยิ่งการเปิดประวัติศาสตร์ความปรารถนา No. Well, God, you know, up to you. If you want to do it, yeah, you know, up to you. Is that how you got married? Is that how you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Well, you know, me, up to you. If you want to get married, but you know, you decide that, you know, up to you. Nobody gets married like that. You chase. You get dressed up. You make yourself look attractive. You you do everything you can to bring an attraction. You know, you put the makeup on. You know, after five years, you stop putting the makeup on. Because you've already got him. And one day, the husband wake up and go, Oh no, what's this? Why? Maybe desire got a little bit less. But God says, "Be hungry." When we have a desire, it changes our action. Desire will produce a change in our behavior. Some of us are trying to change our behavior. No. Change the desire. If you build the desire and build the expectation, you will receive. You will change. God wants to give you the kingdom. God wants you to prophesy. God wants you to bring in healing. Do you? Does anybody believe that this morning? Man, maybe three people this morning. But that's okay. Because we're gonna fight. Because I want you to do greater things than Jesus did. Oh, Father, Father. Desire opens the kingdom. But you can't make yourself hungry. You're either hungry or you're not. This morning, I woke up. I wasn't hungry. But after about 30 minutes, I made a decision. Well, I'm going to eat anyway. And the more I ate, the more hungry I got. See, some of us with God. Are waiting for us to be hungry before we activate. But you just have to start by receiving. And in that act of receiving, a hunger will be built. That means keep picking them. I'm sorry. Yeah, go and fight. Yeah, fight, 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 go and fight. Because I want to see breakthrough. Age 13. 
13. Say it is him. Say it is my son. When I was saying it is my son. God spoke to me. And he said, I want you to tell your mom. I hate divorce. My first prophetic word. Age 13. I did not know my parents were having trouble. I did not know we were fighting. I did not know their marriage was about to end. I was just a young boy. That was hungry for God. And I just wander around Thailand and I'm looking for the hungry. And I'm struggling to find hungry people. Because some of us have been birthed by religion. Because we don't want to be tricked. But what we don't realize is we cut ourselves off from experience sometimes. See, because Jesus said, the kingdom is for children. And children just trust. They have expectation. And if a child does not have trust and does not have expectation, that's not normal. When I when I first got married, these guys, these kids, when I first got married, when I first got married. These children had no expectation of me. I had to teach them to expect from me that I wanted to bless them. So when I say to them, what do you want for your birthday? They won't be shy. They won't be shy. And they won't think about the price. They will just think about their desire. That's like God. God's like, what do you want? But our experience has taught us not to trust. And not to expect. Because we don't want to be disappointed. And we don't want to be let down. So we stop trusting. We stop expecting. And some of you have never started even expecting. Some of you have no expectation. But today is a new day. Because I'm here to encourage you to expect. I just see God's hand on you right now. And you, you can feel God has been touching you all the way through today. A lack of trust. Hey, 
your friend. God's increasing your view. Because there is a change happening right now in your life. Is that true or not? Like a big change. Like not like you change job. I mean really big change. And that's why you need to have a different perspective on life. Because if you continue to look through this, the change will not be successful. But you'll be okay. Because you will change, because God is releasing the grace to you to change. Stephen, Stefan, 